0: Hey friends, Andy Jenkins at Transformation Ministries with the Tribe Talk Podcast. I'm here with my friend Rock Hobbs, and we are going to pick up this week where we left off last, really talking about what do you do when you're parenting prodigals, that is grown children who've made decisions to live in a different way that doesn't align with with your faith and how you've raised them. Before I go there, let me remind you of this. At Transformation Ministries, we do three things. Number one, individual and family counseling. Number two, the Transformation School of Ministry. And number three, prayer ministry. We would be happy to serve you in any of those areas, particularly if something that we're talking about today is seems to ring true with you, and you think that we might be able to help you uh, just gain some tools, some knowledge, some understanding, or just some spiritual, supernatural power to push in behind you. We're here for you. Okay, Rock, so in the previous episode, you gave us the first three right. of six principles for how how do you shepherd and father and mother children who've chosen to go in a different direction and and now they're adults. Right. So let's review the first three very quickly.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. Um, the first thing I always tell parents is just understand it's not your fault. Um, they're adults. They have the choice. You may have made mistakes, but, um, they're making a choice. Yeah. And the second one is that there may be times when you need to be willing to ask for forgiveness. Okay. And, um, actually I call it being able to set the tone back to ground zero to a new starting place if everybody's willing to forgive and you get back to where those things that were causing anger or frustrations and all that are healed from forgiveness, sure. The forgiveness is the key to inner healing. Um, then it's a good starting point. And then um, the third one is, is learning how to love our children unconditionally. That's loving with God's agape love versus trying to, to love them with arrows love or the worldly type love. Um, and that kind of leads us in to the fourth principle because um, what we as, and we talked about, I think, uh, um, last week that as a parent, we have to transition from parenting back to being a father and a mother somewhere in the mid-teens. And because uh, we're not a parent anymore. We're always going to be mom and dad, but right. we're not going to be their parent for the rest of their life, which means controlling them, being in charge of them, making decisions for them and all the things we do when they're seven, eight years old. We're not doing that anymore. Well,
0: you had a great example on that. Yeah, you don't parent the fourth grader the same as you parent right. the 15-year-old, right. the same as you parent the 25-year-old. Those are very different life stations. And
1: the key is, is we want to transition from being that parent into a, a relational position of being a father and a mother. That's all about relationship. Everything's about relationship. So uh, we want to start making that transition as they're, as they're entering into their mid-teens and through all, uh, into young adulthood. But eventually, we're just mom and dad. And how do we deal with these um, people if they end up these people? I mean, you know, our <laughs> children, kids. if they're back back living in your house. But maybe you're just trying to help them out. Maybe they had bad economy or there's something, you know, they lost their job and they've, they've been trying. But now they just need some help so they're living with you. And then the enemy can try to use that to really disrupt some things um, because they choose to live lifestyle choices that you're not in agreement with
0: well the thing i've seen though is on all these you you have been zeroing in on lifestyle choices that are in disagreement with what we've chosen but these principles they they really work across the board these are solid for any adult kids that are in your house right
1: i just believe whether you want to profess being a christian or not in god's eyes the most important thing in your home is your marriage is doing right. the, the covenant relationship between a man and a woman the joy of the Lord to be in that relationship and if a, if everything was great and then all of a sudden this child is back in your home and now there's discord between the parent what normally it, the discord starts because the dad wants to do discipline one way and the mom wants to do it a different way and they start butting heads and pretty soon they start having discord in their marriage as well.
0: Well, and the beautiful thing about these principles is you know, we have faced some of that, you know, Beth and I ha- have a blended family. So we have adult kids, 18 mm-hmm. and up, not, not really, you know, high into the twenties and all of that, but, but low not like
1: mine that are in their forties. Yeah, <laughs> well, but,
0: exactly. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> but, but they, you know, clearly I remember one of them saying to me one time I'll single it out because I'm sure it's gone the other way from mine to her. One, one of the older girls was like, well, you know, in a much nicer way, it was, well, you're not my dad. Who are you to tell me what yes. to do? And, you know, these principles, though, I mean, and I told her, I was like, this is my house. <laughs> you, know, right.
1: you know, this is not your house. That's a good point, though, uh, when you think about it. I've had had people ask that, what about the stepmom or stepdad? Because the biblical commandment of the fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother. And if you do, your life will go well and you'll live long. Yeah. So what about stepdad? That's not blood, right? And I had that asked me in class one time. And I went, "Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to research that. And as I began to pray about that and ask the Lord, what about the step-parent? Does he he or she have the same uh, honorment principles and dynamics as a a, a bloodline? And the first thing that the Lord took me to was Jesus. He said, well, think about Mary and Joseph. Was um, Joseph... Jesus blood dad? No. When did Jesus learn to honor and obey his mom and dad? When when he was left in town, he was he was um, teaching in the temple. Mary said, "Get on get on the camel. We're 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 going back home." And they got three days out on this camel trip back home, and they realized Jesus was still in the temple, so they had to turn around and come back three more days. And then here's Jesus still in the temple teaching. I can just imagine Mary's going in there like any mom would, who's been traveling six days now because of Jesus. Yeah. And she grabbed him by the ear and said, Jesus, get on that camel, get out of here. What are you doing? I told you to get on the camel. You know, Jesus, being a teenager, he was like 12, he said, Mom, chill out, dude. I mean, I, I, I'm i just doing what God's called me to do. I'm teaching in the temple. She goes, I don't care about that. I told you to get on the camel, blah, blah, blah. And he pulls him out. But in that story in the Bible, the last verse says that from that day forward, Jesus learned to honor and obey his parents, his mom and dad. Yeah, he, even Jesus of the carnal nature, he was human. Yeah, he had the spirit maturity, but he still had to learn from the human perspective how to honor his mom and dad. And his dad was a stepdad. So where's the honorment come? you honor the step parents because you're honoring the other parent that chose them in covenant relationship. Yeah. Well, if you're going to say yep. the primary
0: relationship in a household is the marriage relationship right. like that is, I mean, it doesn't mean it's easy to right. navigate that stuff, you know, but
1: and many times there's going to be a um, either one parent doesn't want to have to jump in and be the role. And so they say, well, I'm not really the, the step, the dad or the mom, or the, the other extreme is the the parent that's, is the blood one doesn't want to give up control of of disciplining and running the child and they they tell the other one don't don't do it i'm i'm it's not your child it's my child yeah and either way it's wrong right uh, they they're both should be filling the role of what they're supposed to be doing as a husband and wife
0: yeah all right all right yeah so no but that was that's a great point yeah. because that, that is what we face a lot
1: Okay, so, so now we're got good parents right we got these parents are willing to give up everything. The thing is is they still want to fix the kid. They still want to fix their, their son or daughter. Yeah, that's and why we're, so,
0: that's why we're yeah. even listening to these six principles. So why
1: why would uh, a parent want to try to fix their kid? Because well, we want what's best for them Well we do but they don't want to look bad either. They don't want to, they don't want the child to be out in the community especially if it's a small community where everybody knows everybody, especially if they've been arrested or something like that. So they don't want to look bad. Um, they they think that if they just love them enough, just love will prevail and they'll change. Um, they may be in a place where the child is demanding their help. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. You have to help me. They may be motivated by a lot of guilt. A lot of times when there's divorces and different things in a Marriage, previous marriage or relationship yeah they, the, the, the mom or the dad that's now with the child is feeling guilty because if she hadn't got he or she hadn't gotten divorced then this son, son or daughter may not be acting out this way so there's some guilt involved and they so they want to fix them and um, another thing that why we don't want to fix them is is that you're hindering God from moving and changing the, the young man or woman's life. Because you're intervening, you're you're getting in the way of God, because you're standing there doing all these things and not letting. Remember what we said last time: pain plants the flag of reality into the heart of rebellion, and sometimes consequences need to be felt in order to change the heart. Uh, and one thing I learned in the parenting process, and through my the, the over the years of relationships. With men and women, especially in a pastoral role, yeah, is only God changes the heart of man. We can try to fix and change people. Your spouse, you can try to fix your spouse, change your spouse. You can try to fix and change your children, but it's only God that's going to change their heart. Um, you can put a lot of restrictions on them. You can handcuff them. You can you can cuff their about their because of control things. You can change. You can handcuff their behaviors, but that doesn't mean that you've necessarily changed their heart. Because that's where they, what they where they do their believing.
0: Well, what's odd is if you if you ask every parent, do you do you want them to live from a transformed heart, or do you want them to just do outward obedience? Right. Even when they're little, we would go, oh right. yeah, we want their heart. But but then when it gets older, right. you know, it tends to be, oh, we just want the outward be- obedience. How do you say this in a principle? How yeah. do you boil principle, it down?
1: Principle four really is we have to be willing to allow sin to run its course. Okay, so that being, if they choose option three or six, whatever not, the last option is on your list of, well, you can't stay here. We'll help you. We'll give, we'll give you a ride down to the bus station or, you know, we'll, we'll help you move your stuff to an apartment. Um, you have to be willing to let that happen because they're going to keep doing that sin uh, or whatever that behavior is, you know, and you just have to let it go and realize that now I'm going to have to what? I'm going to have to trust God with that with that son or daughter. And that he'll protect them and keep them, even though they might get bruised, they may scuff yeah. their knees, they may they may get in trouble, they may may have to pay a huge cost. They may go to jail. They may do a lot of things. We just have to trust God that that's what's going to happen. So it
0: might cost them time. It might cost them money. It might cost other consequences. But you you started the whole conversation with this at the beginning of of the last episode mm-hmm. before you got into the principles. You just ultimately have to trust God. And what I imagine right here is. You can either control it or you can allow God to control it. Right. And if you control it, it kind of takes it out of his hands.
1: Well, let's talk about that. That's a good point because when you try to fix it or control it, you're doing a couple of things. First, you're creating a false expectation. You're creating an expectation that they're going to change, that they're going to be okay with that. And every time they don't, that makes you mad. You get more every time you have an expectation that's unfulfilled you get hurt, you get mad. And so it causes a place of hurt to, you're not allowing consequences of life, which is a true, a truth to influence their decision-making. They're not learning anything because there's no consequences because you're always fixing, you're always saving You're always helping them. Yeah. You're always rescuing them. You're teaching them irresponsibility. They're, you know, well, it doesn't really matter if I wreck the car, mom will just, dad will just buy us another one. Um, And the last thing is it perpetuates manipulation. You are teaching the child to manipulate in relationship rather than to walk in relationship. And um, it's going to affect even their own ability to have their own marriages because they'll be manipulators. They're manipulating you and they're manipulating. They may learn to manipulate their spouse. So principle four, allow sin to run Run its natural consequence. Run its
0: course. Let them experience it. Let it teach them.
1: What is principle number five? What is that number four? Is you got to be willing to pull the trigger. If you set down these your yellow pad, all these things, and they choose option six, you got to let you them. You got to let it. them do it. You got to make them go. You, gotta, you know, let them go out. So, so emphasis,
0: so. highlight there yeah. under allow, yeah. allow, right. allow, let it go, let all it, right. do, let it do it.
1: Okay. So principle five is guard your words. You got to be careful what you say, both in their presence and what I've been learning lately is outside of their presence. Words out loud change things in the dynamics in the universe of the spiritual realm. And so how you talk about your child, the things you say to them, both in their presence and and more particularly when you're not in their presence and you're frustrated by them and angry, you need to ask the Lord to help you to keep declaring and saying who you're believing they're going to become, the things they're going to choose to do down the road. That's the miracle. But you have to declare that, even though they're not acting that out at the moment. Because words are powerful. So we're not denying reality. Not denying We're just not going to complain. We're going to pray in what we want. Right. And, you know, as a parent that's lived through a lot of those frustrations, I used to just complain to my wife about all my frustrations Thinking, well, I'm not. I'm still being loving to the child. I'm not saying it in front of them. I'm just telling it to my wife. But you're actually declaring it out loud, which opens the door in the spiritual realm for the enemy to take that into the courtrooms of heaven and say, "See, even the parents are declaring that this is who he is. He's a, he's a rebel. He's a rebel. He's a this. He's a that." No, I'm going to keep declaring this is who my son is. I see my son's life changing. I see him as a new man. I see God changing his heart. And you just declare that. Just be careful what you say. Guard your words.
0: And, and, and that does include guarding them to them. So, <laughs> oh, especially to them. So yeah. they're leaving yeah. on that consequence. You don't want to say, right. as you send them out, oh, well, you're going to... Right. And, and,
1: and I... even, during the whole, even during the whole first four of these, when you're still talking to them or coming up with this plan, be very careful not to tell them false identities of who they are. Where well, you're just never going to get this. You're just a bum, out, you know, out of your frustrations or out of your hurts or whatever. Be careful what you declare over them because that's a word curse. And once you put a word curse on a person, you've now affected them.
0: Okay. Um, it's very important. So guard it. And then yeah, and I imagine that the, the more gracious you are with those words mm-hmm. as well, it just really creates a, an atmosphere of tone where they can boomerang back to you as well. Right. Because you haven't set up all these relational barriers. Uh, okay. So right. principle four, allow sin to run its natural consequence. Principle number five, guard your words. The entire time we're doing this, principle number six is what?
1: This one's very powerful because now you have to realize you're going into spiritual warfare on behalf of your child, who you love, who you hate to see not there, who you hate to see making these choices. So we need to go into spiritual warfare and we need to pray specifically. That's principle number six. Learn to pray specifically. And here's the thing that the Lord showed me that totally changed everything with with my my oldest son. And that was, is to learn how to bless them. So when, when God was teaching me about this, I was angry. I was frustrated with the life choices and things that, that my son was doing. And the Lord said, you just need, need to bless him. And I'm going, I'm not going to bless him. I'm not going to bless that. That's He's going against you. He's going against your principles. He's sinning. And God said, no, the the Greek word to bless means this. And this is what you could write down is to release the forces of heaven into a person's life that will change their character, which will change their destiny so that they can receive the blessings of God. (sighs) To bless means I'm releasing the forces of heaven into my child's life that will change his character, which will then change his destiny so that he can receive God's blessings. And I started going, well, I'm not sure I really believe that, but I'm going to try it.
0: Take a shot at it. Because with me,
1: with God, I always like, when he teaches me something new and I'm kind of like arguing with him, I go, okay, well, I'll do a test run. So what I said was, I'm going to just start blessing my son all the time, out loud. You have to do this out loud. It has to go into the spiritual realm. Um, the the spiritual realm cannot read your mind, only God can but everybody else can hear it when you speak it so I would just start going um, bless John, bless John, you know, release the forces God into John's life, bless him bless him, I started that and I would be in the shower, I'd do it, I'd be doing it, driving my car I just made it a point to out loud bless my son now I had, a, I had a point where he was at the bottom almost and um, and Right, two weeks, almost to the day, from the time I started this experiment, I got a phone call from him. Now, in our phone call discussions, we—I had already learned I needed to be a father, not a parent. Yeah. So I told him like six months before that, "Hey, when we talk on the phone, I'm done telling you about God. I'm done beating you over the head with the Bible. I just want to be your dad. I, you know, we'll talk about football. We can talk about sports. You can talk about your job. I just—I just, I just want to have a conversation." So all of a sudden he starts calling me again because now I'm not judging him for and telling him he needs to quit doing yeah, this and all that. Preach. Yeah, yeah. So this time he calls me up, but one of the rules was you can if you call me drunk if you're if you're not sober I'm hanging up. OK, that was a rule because you know, I knew myself when I would call my parents, I wouldn't remember a word I said to them because I was drunk, you know, so I was going to waste my time. So no preaching and no drunk conversation. He had to call that's... sober and I wouldn't preach. Right? OK, that's, that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and he was good with that. He was doing great. Well, two weeks into this test on blessing him on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, I get a phone call from him. And I go, hey, John, how you doing? And he goes. Um, and I said he started talking to me. And it took like, like 15 to 20 seconds or 30 seconds to figure out, man, he's drunk. I can tell he's drunk. And I said, John, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. You're drunk, man. I said, I'm not talking to you. I'm hanging up. He goes, "Well, oh, I know, I know. Just don't hang- let me say one thing. I said, okay, what? He goes, God's got a call in my life to be a youth pastor. I don't want to do that. Quit praying for me. And he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going get you. <laughs> I went, bless him, Lord. Bless him. And I mean, it wasn't just another couple of weeks that he called and asked for help and he was at the bottom and yeah. he ended up doing the uh, intervention and went and got him and, and got to totally change his life. He's, he's a whole new person and he's, I love him to death and he's got a great story. He's just like me. And um, now he's married and. And got a great job and doing great in, here with us, and you know, in, or not with us, but in, in Birmingham.
0: Yeah, and in relationship with you, though, yeah, not, not serving here at the ministry. Absolutely. Um, so, but but that was where you know you had allowed sin to run its natural course. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you're guarding your words, yep. and of course, principle number six, right there, praying Pray specifically, specifically. That's what you're doing, blessing him, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can release the forces of heaven to transform the character, to change his destiny. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. much so. That that's pretty interesting that he, he he discerned that
1: call at that point. And yeah, I mean it, when that he, he decided to call me uh, intoxicated, but and I figured that out. But he he just wanted to tell me. I mean we all. I remember when I used to have my drinking stuff going on. That I would have these great spiritual moments when I was drunk, you know. I mean, that's why they call you drinking the spirits, right? Because it's you do you do kind of open your mind open up to the, to the to the spiritual realm. But so those are the six principles that I always encourage parents with. And of course, there's, there's a lot more complications to a lot of those things, and not every, every family dynamic is different. So it's, there's not really a an A plus B plus C equals D thing, yeah. but it, it's close. It's good. It, it's a good guidelines for setting up and i and i coach people in how to get their their yellow pad thing set up right and then they come in and we get that all lined up and then sometimes they'll even let me be the facilitator where they bring the child or the 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 son or daughter in and i kind of set the stage for the discussion about the options and present the options rather than them just doing it over the kitchen table with their child that's the best way is just you and your wife or husband and and spouse doing it with their child. But if you're not too sure or you're just struggling, I I offer that up a lot of times. So if you can do it on your own, that's option one. But if you can't, still, you've got
0: tools and resources. Mm -hmm. Let me go through these really quickly. Again, all six, and then I've got another question for you. Um, So number one was guilt-free. It's not your fault. your fault. Uh, Number two is be willing to ask for forgiveness because you probably have made some mistakes along the way. Number three, you want to love unconditionally or learn to love unconditionally. That's going to be a process that you got to walk out. We talked about those in the previous episode. In this episode, we've discussed principle number four, which was allow sin to run its course. course right. uh, principle number five, guard your words. Principle six is pray specifically. Here's the final question. If people have been listening to this and they're not sure what to do, who do they reach out to for help or where do they go? Let's really end with that. They've got these right. principles. Where, where can they go for help?
1: Well, um, if they want our help, they can just uh, call us at um, the, the phone number that's on our website. But, uh, or they can, they can actually go to our website and there's a contact form yeah. on the website. If they'll just fill that out and say that I'm struggling in a relationship with a child or whatever we'll, ha- we'll call them. And okay. We set up an appointment they come in.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to put the link down to that yeah. form in the show notes down below. And right. so that's got the number, it's got everything. Mm-hmm. And so yep. th- that's an open invitation. Yep. You need help. You need a, whether it's, um, relationally walking it out with you or just a conversation to point you in the right direction, right. make a phone call. Yep.
1: Okay. That's it. Close this yep. down. Well, uh, it's just been, uh, it's been good to be able to talk about this, especially over the holidays. And, uh, we just encourage everybody to come join the tribe. Be a part of what we do. Uh, follow us on, uh, on all the social media stuff and uh, check out our website.